0: This is, this, is this is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. Touchdown! This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. Yeah. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. you just, just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Vice camera action.
1: Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning. We are hyped. It's time to make some money. I'm in studio with my statistician, my partner in grind. At Josh jordan 975 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday, my man. I'm hype, brother. There's, a, there's money to be made on some soccer games today. And I'll have some nice. picks going forward. We got a lot of fantasy to talk. We're in the the midst of fantasy drafting season. We're getting a lot of questions about, uh, this is the pick I have. What would you do there? What would you do on the turn? Any sleepers? So we're going to get into a little bit of all that. Some gambling trends. I got a lot to talk about today. Behind the glass from 10 to noon, rocking it every single Sunday with us, with all the jams at Carlson Radios, where you can find them on Twitter. Andrew! Andrew! Good morning, guys. Got a little earlier start than I'm used to today, but uh, See that. the show before we had a fun time. Now, let's make some money. Shout out to those, uh, to, to, to uh, uh, Jerome or the Houston Sports Show. I'm sorry, because yep. they have a, a show already on Sunday nights, I believe. Yeah, shout out to them. Uh, yeah, so fun, funny thing here, uh. So uh, okay, the the listener appreciation party was this week. Yeah. Uh, shout out to everyone that's listening. That uh, we met, we appreciate all the support, all the kind words that you guys gave us. But uh, so I was this is the first time I would met Jerome. He was going to the restaurant when I got here, and uh, the appreciation party was so wild that I lost my backpack somehow. You know, the one I <laughs> use for uh for uh, for all my stuff to bring up here, my computer and my my headphones and whatnot. So running out of the house this morning, I told my wife, "Just give me something," and she comes out with. My daughter's backpack. <laughs> so first time I meet Jerome, I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? I'm Jerry Bo. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm into gambling and stuff. And I got that backpack. I just realized that once he came in, I'm like, I got a My Little Pony backpack. <laughs> and he's over here talking gambling. I said, what kind of a first impression did I just make? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the listener party was a success, wasn't it?
2: Oh, dude, I had a blast. We met so many listeners. Really good time. I mean, it was great last year, too. But this year, we actually – we were on the air for a year, so a lot of the listeners knew about the show, so it was really cool meeting everybody, and I thought Courtney did a great job of putting everything together, and, man, it was, it was a great time. Great food, great drinks. Thanks to all our sponsors.
1: Yeah, thanks for everyone to also that came out. 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on the show at any time, we'll also be having the fantasy football entries for our draft, which is next Friday at Twin Peaks. Tell the people a little bit more about it.
2: Yeah, we're going to be out at the Twin Peaks on 290. So we're going to do the draft from 7 to 9 p.m. that Friday night. I believe we have about seven spots full, something like that. So we we need to get two or three more people. If you want to be at the draft in the league with us, it's going to be fun hit us up. You can hit us up at Moneyline 97.5. You can also call 713-780-3776, but you have to be able to be there in person. and We want to get all this set up ahead of time, so if you know somebody doesn't show or whatever, Auto Draft will take care of that and we can all have fun and, and draft our teams. It'll be fun to compete with everybody.
1: Also, the phone lines are open. Again, 713-780-3776. If you have any questions going forward as far as gambling or any kind of futures, or again, not to break down your specific team like, hey, I got these guys and 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 I got these four keepers. But if we have something in general, if last week it was a Baker Mayfield question, which that's a big topic of discussion going forward, we're going to jump into some football. And I guess we'll call it football because this preseason, it's tough. It's tough. You have to be uh, selective of what you intake and and not judge on certain things. But again, it's football and And we have to watch it.
2: And it's kind of our job. It's definitely our job. And it's already some injuries kicking in um just from you know some of my observations kind of some of those receivers not the elite guys but the guys right below those guys you know Amari Cooper dealing with the foot issue and now Keenan Allen's got an ankle going on and you know T.Y. Hilton you kind of don't know what to expect with him because Andrew Luck's injury situation so it's getting a little dicey you around that area second third round some of those receivers it's it's a little worrisome, so something to keep an eye on for sure.
1: If you were a head coach, how much emphasis would you put on the preseason? Would be, would you even, would you do, would you uh, do like the Bears do, or for example, or Sean McVay with the Rams? Would you just hold people out because he had the backups to the backups? Yeah. Out.
2: You know, I probably would. I think. We're going to see this continue with all the joint practices, right? Like, that's when these guys really get their work in. You can make sure they don't tackle guys to the ground, kind of protect everybody, but you still get to compete against the ones, against other teams. And you're seeing that more and more. The Texans do a lot of that, too. So, but it was nice to see Hopkins and, you know, Deshaun Watson play a a tiny bit last night. You know, it's always fun to see those guys, but, you know, yeah, you do worry a little bit. You don't want to get them hurt in a game that doesn't matter. Is
1: there anything more embarrassing than. And now there's a level to this. Whenever you score a touchdown and it gets called back. But what's the most embarrassing one? The, the ball spike is one, you know. But whenever you have the choreographed stuff, that's real bad. But yeah. I think the worst one's got to be when you do the fake Bo Jackson and you run into the tunnel. Yeah, I saw I that yesterday. I'm like, man, like, you. don't get me wrong. His momentum was going that way. But he he sold it and they sold it. And you're like, first off, preseason, yep. let's, let's slow down. Second off, it got called back. Very next play, a sack. Next play after that, interception. You know, and <laughs> it's, it's not like, a good look. No, it's not. Like, why do we do this? And I always think that's so embarrassing, especially nowadays when you have all these these choreographed. They're skidded out celebrations. You have people, multiple players in on it, and then to see it called back is just ridiculous. You, you have to wait. It's like in soccer now that VAR, the virtual assistant referee. Yeah. I can't even celebrate now. I'll get up now, and it's like a hesitation. Like, yeah, no. And then you start just second game. I don't know if it makes the game pure anymore as far as soccer. So as far as these celebrations and and whatnot, uh, let's hold off a few seconds before. But again, it it takes
2: away, I guess, from the celebration itself. It does. And, you know, it's preseason. So you're kind of like, really? We're going to celebrate like this in a a game that doesn't matter? But, you know, whatever. I guess it's entertainment. I don't care. And I'm not really watching, you know, as a normal fan would watch a preseason game. I'm kind of just... You know, skipping around because there's several games on, and I'm trying to look at, you know, who's playing, who's starting at running back. Like I was watching the Chiefs, seeing if Damian Williams was, you know, running with the ones if he's going to be the running back in that offense because we heard Andy Reid, you know, talk about it maybe being a committee, and then now Damian Williams says he's over the hamstring, he's out there, he plays, and he played with the ones. So you hope he's the guy. I think Carlos Hyde had a fumble, and you're hearing that he 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 may not even make the team which is kind of interesting. So I'm just kind of trying to get an idea of of who's starting, Uh, you know, the Steelers were playing too. I'm interested to see kind of, you know, if Juju can step in and be that guy this year without Antonio Brown, just little things like that. That's what I'm looking for this time of year. From a gambling perspective, since 2004 teams and getting points in exhibition games. So the
1: underdog 52.2%. So then you say, Jerry, that's a little bit lower than that threshold, you know, that takes to beat the juice in gambling. But in preseason, most of these lines are within three, right? Because yeah. there, it's not. You don't get the traditional seven, ten point favorites because those guys don't play the whole right. game, right? So if you use that theory, the the, the underdogs they've only won forty one point five percent of the time straight up, but you'd still be up because they're underdogs. Your hundreds paying plus one seventy, plus one eighty. So betting underdogs straight up. In the preseason has been profitable, and we could just say the last hundred fifty game sample a hundred dollar it would be a hundred dollar better would be up eighteen hundred just from betting the underdogs straight up, and that's only winning straight up forty one point five percent of the time but then again the 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 juice kicks in once you're betting favorites then you have that's why you have to win over fifty percent to if you're bet when you're betting at minus one ten but when you're doing it on the opposite side of the spectrum and you're taking straight up underdogs at plus money. That makes you money right there. So it's 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 a it's an interesting angle as far as if you're going to get involved in this preseason, which the degenerate hardened myself. I, I I find myself saying, you know what? I, I yeah, got an angle on this. Bit, yeah. And then I find myself losing. For example, <laughs> Atlanta the other day, I was like, well, this is their third preseason game. This is where we're going to see them. But we, we've we heard of Quinn's uh, preseason record. Everyone's been talking about it as late. And I fell for it. I said, well, let me take them first half. Then they're going to run out the starters. They didn't even do anything in the first half. So at this point, I'm just ready for next Saturday. Let's see some football go down.
2: Right. And do you, do you approach it any differently since it's going to be preseason game three? So maybe you see more of the starters?
1: For sure. And then once you do it like that, you have to look at individual coaches, uh, coaching. And you say, which coaches I should care? So then yeah. you start looking. And one that sticks out to me is Sean Payton, 10-3 and three in the third game of the preseason throughout his career if you look at all the other spots week one week two week four he's got losing against the spread records in the preseason so when you're 10 and three in that specific third week of the preseason that means that they put a lot of emphasis on hey let's let's play well this game the rest really doesn't matter and that's for
2: for gamblers that's value man that's how long have you had that in your back pocket? That's a good stat right there.
1: That's uh that's what we do here on Monday, like 713-780-3776. But yeah, things like that is what you have to do. It's not about saying because a lot of people will go in there and the I, I try to in my group yesterday. I tried to talk about micromanaging uh, when you're when you're gambling. It's it's when you're dealing with money and you're dealing with say you're even doing it over the computer. It's easy to click something. And and one click and an extra zero, that's a big decision. That extra zero sets you back. And and we're humans. And when it comes to Sunday night and you've been winning all day long on football and you're turned up a little bit, the drinks have kicked in, the summer breeze is in the air, right? And then you're like, man, I'm going to add a zero to this. And you catch yourself gambling on a game that – if you really felt that game, you would have bet it early in the day, right? To try to catch it early in the week, maybe to catch a better number. But all of a sudden now you're invested on the opposite side side of things. You're down all day and you've been down since Thursday and you tried college football and you don't even watch college football. (laughs) And now you're down and you follow Jerry's picks on a Sunday morning and he lost and you're coming into Sunday praying that you don't have to pay that local, right? Like I know this game. And then you go into Sunday night. And you just dump your account for no reason, not realizing that there's a Monday and it starts all over, and it's always another fight. That's the story of our lives, though, and that's what we do here on Moneyline and we try to avoid mistakes, but it happens. You're listening in Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Twitter, Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5.
0: You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5
1: and on ESPN 97.5.com.
0: Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Line 713-780-3776, and these are the days of our lives, and you're living it right here with Carlson Radio, at Carlson Radio, excuse me, at Josh Jordan 97.5, and at Jerry Bo knows with a Z, the Z is free, 713-780-3776, if you want to talk anything gambling, if you want to talk anything fantasy, I know you're out there sitting, and you're saying, man, I have a draft at 6 o'clock today, and I've done no prep, Ooh. you know that happens to some people, and they does. go in there, and they start drafting, Old school names. <laughs> and not to even use this in a laughing fashion or any kind of form like that, but speaking of old names, news is breaking out. Tex- former Texas running back Cedric Benson has died. That's crazy, man. It was a motorcycle accident, right? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm seeing the things, the reports now, his brother – um, is what they're using he posted uh on twitter basically saying no 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 god no why him man not said man so sad josh you told josh just told me right now and during breaking, like yeah. i told him i got like a weird like it was like a cold feeling just it's sad it's sad to see but uh we're with you you know anyone out there that's that's going to be suffering from this and it's a it's a big loss and i mean he's a former texas guy so i know you're big big on yeah. the longhorns and Shout out to anybody out there, we're with you, and uh, it's, a, it's a it's
2: a heavy-hearted Sunday now all of a sudden from uh, that news. That's tough, man. And he was such a great player at Texas, and you know, you, remember that draft, it was him and like Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams that all went in like the top 10, oh, you remember that? I forgot that? about Cadillac. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that's back when, you know, running backs went in the top 10 all the time, you know, and then we've seen that the NFL completely shift, and you know, now running backs aren't valued nearly as highly, but... You know, really sad to hear. I I loved watching him play, man. So, you know, rest in peace. All right. So I'm trying to think of a way to transition here. And it was, my first transition was going to be to
1: Antonio Brown. But how do you do that? So let's go yeah. to someone like Josh Corden. Okay. <laughs> and he was in reinstated. What were your
2: thoughts on that? Man, I, I saw some stuff on Twitter and, and some articles, you know, around the Internet. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, that's going to be great for, you know, the three games that he actually plays. Um, you know, I think for me it bumps up Tom Brady a little bit as far as fantasy and as far as uh, maybe just as a team on the Patriots, their offense. You know, I think, you know, Gordon's when he's when he's right, he's an explosive, you know, fantastic player. And I think the reason I've kind of been backing off Tom Brady for fantasy this year is I just don't feel like there's a lot of talent around him outside of Julian Edelman. But if you you add Josh Gordon to Julian Edelman, and you still got white coming out of the backfield, that's that's a big upgrade, and and Brady needs a guy that can play outside and that can get some separation, get down the field, you know, open up that offense a little bit. So it's interesting, right? Like, it's, and I had this kind of conversation with myself this morning as I was thinking about this. Like, where should we value Josh Gordon? I mean, is he a guy now? You maybe you take a flyer on him in the middle to late rounds. I mean, like, he's probably worth a shot, right? So now it comes down to when you
1: drafted. If you haven't drafted yet, obviously this doesn't pertain to you. But I was seeing people like Evan Silva, which is heavily respected in the fantasy football world, right? And he says people that think that it's stupid to draft early, it's actually more of a skill because – the public, it's more of a public thing to draft later because that's when you ha- you know what's at stake. Like, you're, okay, we've watched the preseason. Now everyone's got their their takes, and this is now the depth charts are set. But when you don't have that set, it takes another angle, right? It takes you really guessing and taking chances. Yeah, Josh Gordon was a big chance people were taking in best ball drafts late, yeah. last picks. Imagine what that guy feels like now in a best ball
2: draft. That's huge, uh, no doubt. I mean, if he comes through, um, that could be gigantic value when you think about value you think about
1: opportunity what opportunities he have because 72 receptions are missing from Gronk right 55 from Hogan and 28 for Cordero Patterson that leaves him plenty of opportunity
2: no doubt about it and I'm just pulling up some fantasy ranks here just to kind of get an eye on you know where the experts are kind of slotting him in and it looks like and this is uh this is not ppr but this is just a regular fantasy rankings here they got him at about 56 overall they've they've got him right behind aj green and uh calvin ridley and cooper cup they, they have him in in that area right in front of tyler boyd actually overall so, overall receiver what uh i don't have what receiver but just overall he's like number 56 on the big board out of all positions
1: so check it out let's say that Edelman does, or obviously he is going to be the one, and let's say he's good for his 135, 140 targets. Let's call it that. When does that leave for the number two? Let's call it 115, 120 targets. Let's say he catches 70 balls with the way the average depth of his targets – because that's what he opens up for Brady. Yeah. With Brady, without him, it was something like in the sevens. With with him in, it was almost 10 yards per pass. So that goes to show you the depth uh, to which Josh Gordon gets to, to get these balls, right? Air yards is something that yeah. we use. So according to that, and again, things change, but projections would put him at 72 catches, 1,300 yards, and nine touchdowns. That would be good for wide receiver
2: 13 wow and, and i just looked that up as far as among receivers a lot of these ranks have him around 24 which would mean wow. he's a you know he's a wide receiver 2 you know borderline wide receiver 3 maybe a flex um yeah, that's pretty impressive, but you got to think, too, like Nikhil Harry, you got to think his value takes a hit, right? The rookie that they drafted, now that Gordon's coming back. And now this all makes sense, right? we were kind of wondering, like, why aren't they doing anything? The Patriots, you know, to to address Gronk leaving and to, to add to the offense, maybe they knew the whole time that, that they were going to get Josh Gordon back.
1: Well, and, and you, like you said, they always got a trick up their sleeve. Yeah. And we hadn't really heard much, but then we had seen pictures of him working out. Yeah. You saw Brady throwing the ball to him not long ago. This was all in the works. The Patriots are always up to something.
2: They are. And Belichick, is he's already in midseason form. They asked him, like, hey, do you want to comment on the press release about Josh Gordon being reinstated? No.
1: <laughs> midseason <laughs> like form. Yeah. Someone else who is a wide receiver and has been causing commotion, Antonio Brown, in the loophole that he supposedly had found, and he's out there searching for this— A.I.R. Advantage uh, uh, helmet, yeah. but it, it didn't even pass the one they found. They ended up finding a few, and for some reason it didn't pass, league standards. And now he's saying
2: it's basically built against him now that yeah. they needed a better test it. I saw that on Pro Football Talk, and you know, basically the league said that he could try one of those helmets, the, a newer version, but they would have to pass a certain safety protocol. And I guess that the helmet just didn't pass it, so... You know he might end up just having to get a completely different helmet. So it's so strange. You know, it's <laughs> I get it. You know, your vision can kind of be different based on you know how your face mask is and the shape of the helmet. And maybe you track the ball a little better with that other helmet. So I understand why he wants to do it. But you know, at some point, you you just got to move on and, and worry about playing football.
1: Because this is getting ridiculous. They said it had to be a one that had been made from 2010 up. Yes. So then they found one from 2014 that was used in a movie. <laughs> what
2: are we doing? Used in a movie? Like we're going to these extremities? Yeah, dude, he he's a an unusual guy. We'll put it that way, and he's very passionate about this helmet, man. And I just want to see him play some football. I'm I'm just kind of concerned with, you know, with the frostbite on his feet. It looks like he's getting healthy. I, I think they're planning on him being available week one what do you expect from him this season just in general do you do you think he's going to help the raiders uh, according to gruden <laughs> just, just straight bulletin stuff
1: that he puts out there he looked great through run through, through through the run through he he didn't miss a step are you kidding me Are you kidding me? You're really going to let him get away with this, John Gruden? (laughs) Years from now, John Gruden is going to write a book and he's going to write about all this. You know that that's going to be the time and he's going to write about this. You know, he's got to be thinking, are you kidding me with this? Are we really having to deal with this? Now they're saying that there was never a chance that he was going to get he was never going to get even retire. You know, he says that was just off fluke. I was just I was throwing smoke. Like, of course he was. This I is not what money. you need from a team that's trying to gel together for, for a team that's got a pretty much a brand-new wide receiver group, a team that's played really bad last year, a team that's trying to find an uh, identity. Yeah. Why do you need all this extra stuff?
2: They don't, you know, but this is what they signed up for. It's too late now, so Gruden has to, you know, have his back. And you notice he did when they asked about him. You know, he was like, hey, man, you know, everybody's upset. And, and, you know, he got hurt and it wasn't really his fault. You know, I don't know what the big deal is. So Gruden has his back and he has to. They gave him way too much money. It's too late. And they gave up a draft pick. I bet the Steelers feel pretty good about this.
1: Got to. They got to. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, he wasn't. That isn't the Steeler way. You know, yeah. they run it a certain way. And that's why Mike Tomlin kind of the last few years, things have been kind of unordinary, unordinary for a Pittsburgh locker room, right, for that yeah. kind of franchise. But. If it doesn't get any worse for Brown, he's on the receiving end of a $38,000 lawsuit now from the guy that they call— A.K.A. he's called the sports chef. He's cooked for a lot of people from Drew Brees to James Winston. Well, he uh, he basically did some work for for Antonio Brown during the Pro Bowl, I believe, and uh, he didn't pay him. Ugh. So now he's getting sued for
2: $38,000. was not he the— Wasn't it Antonio who just like let his yard completely go out of control? Yeah, we spoke about that. In in a nice neighborhood, you have people. I forget the owner of what company
1: was in there saying, hey, brother, we got to do something about here. You got, I mean, we got wild
2: animals coming out of your yard. I'm not so. Didn't he tell that guy if he was so concerned about it, he should get it mowed for him or something like that? He told him he would pay him. (laughs) He
1: told him he would pay him, and this is, I forget what he owned. It was some guy that owned some big corporation, but at the end of the day, it's just getting. Look, this whole time we spoke about Antonio Brown and the Raiders, and we haven't talked about anything on field. Did we talk about Jacobs? Did we talk about anything else? Have we talked about cars progression? We haven't talked about anything but. Everything off-field, and that's the problem here, and that's the thing that I think we're going to see going forward this entire season. Something you'll see going forward this show is money, and we got max bets to drop out throughout it. You're listening to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on anything, we see Tricky Nick on the line. We'll get back to you on the other side. Moneyline, ESPN, 97.5.
0: Quick ESPN 97.5. Please Please, am I. I... listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5
1: and on ESPN 97.5.com
0: live from the ESPN 97.5 studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome
1: back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is the jam on Twitter. Let's get right to the HRP listener line. No need to leave this guy on hold. Tricky Nick, you got a Texans question. What's going on? You're on Moneyline, my man.
0: What's going on, guys? First of all, uh, I want to thank ESPN and you guys specifically for that party on Thursday night. And meeting you guys really turned my night around. That was uh, it was really cool being able to interact with you guys. Y'all are really cool dudes. You know, um,
1: we appreciate that. How was the? Uh, I saw pictures of you in a case of uh, Chuck Norris water. How is that water? Uh, <laughs>
0: Let's don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, let's just say I made the best sweet tea ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my but man. What, can uh, we talk,
1: what, what kind of Texans questions do you have?
0: Yeah, so I was uh, bartending the uh, Texans game last night. I'm sitting there watching everybody play and everything. And, you know, I know this is a long shot, but if we can't get anybody on defense or an O line, what do you think the odds of uh, the Texans spending some money on like a Texas boy like Michael Crabtree or one of those other weapons that are sitting out there in the free agency?
2: Ooh, that's interesting um you know maybe not crabtree just there's got to be a reason he's not getting any attention anywhere right now but i mean you you bring up a good point nick with kiki qt being hurt and we know will Fuller has trouble staying healthy i mean i know the texans have some other guys they're using right now and you know i deandre carter and some other guys i don't know i I wouldn't hate it. It'd be nice to get somebody that you've actually heard of that you can actually depend on. One thing about Crabtree, he's usually healthy. He's not super explosive, but he's he's pretty dependable. I don't know what do you think, Jerry? Would you give him a look? Dependable health-wise? The opposite
1: of that with his hands. Yeah. My man be dropping balls out there. But uh like you said, it's a reason he's out there. Usually whenever you open up the free agency pool, whoever's left this late, you start yeah. you're like, "Oh man, he's there?" You're like, "Wow, he's there?" There's a reason that that name is there and he's still sitting. Don't, we're not the only geniuses yeah. here, right? Like yeah. we're, not, we're over here playing uh, coach uh, couch coaches, right? And we're sitting here coaching from here while these guys are sitting there for an obvious reason. I can't really see Michael Crabtree coming here. And not to say that he wouldn't be productive because I feel like the number two spot here, a lot of people can make some noise there. Yeah. And at this point, though, there's two guys that – that are in this uniform here in this city that can be that and that are explosive yeah. and that bring every aspect you want out of a two. But we can't get healthy?
2: No. And, man, I love Will Fuller, man. What he brings to this offense when he's healthy, man. And I feel like last year his hands were great before he got injured. And it looked like he put on a little bit of weight. And, you know, he was really – he almost kind of looked like Hopkins a little bit out there, didn't he? He looks like he's gotten bigger. But – you just worry, like, you know, when's it going to happen again? When's he going to get hurt again? And, but he's super talented, and I love watching him play. He is a guy, you know, in fantasy, I'm kind of targeting as kind of a, you know, just a, maybe a kind of a sleeper guy. Because when he plays, he's really good, and he puts up numbers. So, I, I don't know. I, I just hope he stays healthy. I think Fuller, they really need him to have a big year. And if they do that, I think this offense can take that next step. But they're going to need him. Need. Injuries. Let's talk about Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Colts, and
1: Andrew Luck. Yeah, where where do you go with this? Because now things are getting shady. You at yeah. first they were now they're saying it might be a bone issue, and at one point they were saying a calf, and from what I know, a calf is a muscle. So <laughs> where did where did the bone issue come out now?
2: Yeah, that you know, there's you can look this stuff up. There's some doctors that kind of talked about it online, but from what I've read, it it looks like that they don't think it's going to be anything that keeps him out for too long. They don't think it's going to be that big a deal. And, uh, you know, I I talked to our own Lance Zerline, who was, you know, went and checked out some of the the practices with the Colts the other day. And, you know, he didn't really, you know, tell me anything, you know, behind the scenes. He was like, yeah, you know, Andrew Luck's, you know, dealing with it. It's a real thing, but I don't think it's going to be too serious. But you know what worries me, Jerry, is remember a couple years ago, they were acting like Luck was going to be fine when he was dealing with you know, the that shoulder, uh, the, the shoulder right. thing, and it, they acted like everything was going to be good. And then, you know, he he missed all that time. So you're kind of worried, like, are, are they kind of pulling the same thing here? I don't think so. I think he's going to be okay. But look, he's been out since, like, OTAs, like, since May. There's, something, yeah.
1: there's something funny about this. And you, just, you, you opened up and said one injury, and now that we're getting closer, now it's something completely different. Yeah. Where are we at with this? Because from a gambling standpoint, when you look at things, in fantasy, it's a domino effect. What does it do to players around them? From fantasy, it creates value. So let's say with Luck in, before this news had even spread, what were the chances of the Texans winning the AFC South? Just a division projections and everyone's is different. Someone's going to have him 99.9% they were going to win, right? But let's say realistically, because a lot of people saw the Colts uh, as one of the front runners coming up the season, right? A dark horse, whatever you want to call them, uh, there's hype behind them. So let's put the, let's peg the Texans just at a round number of, let's say about 30%. If you have them at thirty percent, right around there, that's about plus three hundred that you should be getting on your money. Say it's anywhere around there. Give me that number. So keeping that up, right now you can get the Texans at plus four hundred to win the division. There's value.
2: There is, and I mean they got to be the favorites if if luck isn't right. You know, yeah.
1: And and that change, that number will change as
2: soon as there's confirmation that he's out. You better believe that number will change. No doubt about it. It's kind of interesting, though. I think the Colts, I believe they open with the Chargers. I think that's their first game of the year. So it wouldn't be that crazy if that they would lose that game even with a healthy Andrew Luck. So if he just maybe misses, you know, one game or something like that, I don't, and it, you know, if he's good to go after that, I don't know if that drastically changes what the Colts will do this year, because that's going to be a tough game for them week one, no matter what. So uh, what... How many points, let's say, does luck mean to
1: that individual spread? Because some people have them tiered as a as a tier three quarterback, which is around three to four points. Three to four points takes you right outside that comfortable range of that field goal. So now you're talking about a lot of value if you're getting, uh, if you can get that spread now, and a lot of places are taking it down. It's down. I bet. I bet. But if you can get it because some still have it up, you, you, that that spread could potentially be seven points later on. No doubt about it. Because he's, again, he's a a tier three quarterback, and usually those are worth about three to four points.
2: And, I mean, that sounds about right. He's a great player. It, It wouldn't shock you at all if he was the MVP this year or if they went to the AFC Championship game. I mean, luck is that dude. The dude that crosses key numbers. Once you get past that seven points,
1: that's a key number in football. But I think that them having Brissette, it gives them like a safety net, uh, uh, a sense of we're all right. We don't need to rush this. Right. And using that theory, I don't see there's any way they rush Bluck back. Remember, he wasn't even throwing Hail Marys at the end of games because right. they didn't want to risk him. Why would they want to risk him now if they believe in Brissett? I saw an article the other day, and it, it was talking about the best backups in the league. Yep. And Brissett uh, was up there. He, he's one of them. He's one of them. So – with that using that theory using that thought as a as a gm as a coach you got to say hey luck let, let's get right and and hopefully we can at least split the first x amount of games that he's out
2: and we'll be all right they and it's interesting I, I i was right they play the chargers to open up the season and that game is is at la so it wouldn't shock you at all if they lost to the chargers on the road week 1 whether they have luck or not but then their next game they go to Tennessee, play a divisional game against the Titans. So, you know, you want luck back for that When Those division games, they really they matter. And as it sits right now, Chargers
1: minus three, but it's juiced at minus 120. So once it starts getting juiced like that, the next move is minus three and a half. But if luck is worth three to four points, let's call it four. Yeah. Right. Then you'll be getting in that seven, seven and a half range. And at that point, would you take reset on the road to open up the season getting... A little bit outside
2: of a touchdown. I'm just – I know a lot of people like Brissett. I'm just not one of them. He wasn't very good when he played with them before when luck was hurt. Now, to be fair, he just got traded for. He didn't really know the offense. You know, he just kind of got thrown into it. So I have to, you know – consider that as well. But I'm just not a big believer in him just as a player. I will say they do have a great offensive line. I think Marlon Mack's going to be able to run the ball for him. They do have some some nice pieces to where there won't be so much pressure on Brissett if, if he has to go. But I, I'm just not a big fan. Like, I'd rather have Josh McCown, who we just saw the Eagles pick up, right? You know, he's going to be their backup quarterback. So I think McCown's a better backup. If, if you were saying McCown was going to be the guy, I'd feel better about that. And... That, uh, I don't know how he just popped up. I had forgot all about him. I ain't yeah, gonna lie he basically retired, right? And yeah, he came out of retirement, then just pops up, and now he's a, a serviceable, a serviceable backup, right? And Carson Wentz, man. He gets hurt, you know, pretty frequently. Actually, they need a good backup. And you saw their two got hurt as well. Yeah, Sudfeld, right? Like, I think he broke his wrist. And so, then, didn't yeah. uh,
1: they who was it? Kessler? Who? Was, they brought someone in, and he got hurt. Yes,
2: yes. And they have a good offensive line there. It's too. starting to
1: get scary out yeah. there. Let's pray for Philadelphia <laughs> as a whole. Let's have a moment of silence for the quarterback position because it's it's pivotal with a with a team like that. I if the Eagles doubt. can get. I was going to say 16 games.
2: Give me 14 out of Wentz. Yeah. They're deadly. Oh, there's no doubt about it. No, here's a guy, you know, we were talking about fantasy a little earlier. I kind of like Deshaun Jackson this year as kind of a late round flyer. You know, I think that you're hearing that he has some really good chemistry with Carson Wentz. Now he'll be that deep threat. Remember they had Torrey Smith as the deep threat for a while. and. You know that gave Alshon Jeffrey some some room to operate. So now they got that deep threat again, and that's also going to give Zach Ertz get the safeties back off. Backed off that that lines up great for him. So I think Deshaun Jackson, he's a guy in the you know the like you know maybe seventh eighth ninth round somewhere in there. Take a shot on him.
1: And I think Deshaun Jackson is also one of those players that, and not to take anything away from the guy, he's he's spectacular in his <laughs> moments. But sometimes he can be kind of out of, out of the game mentally, right? Sure. But he's he's been oh he wanted on the eagles you know what i mean like he's been asking to go back to philly yeah so what does that do for a player that finally gets to go back to where he wants to play i expect big things out of him this Me year too. and i'll be drafting him somewhere in the in the late rounds as well yeah
2: i mean why not i mean he's been one of the best deep threats in the nfl for most of his career it's you know he's just dealt with some injuries and you know he's bounced around he was in washington for a while in tampa but I think he's going to have a nice year back with the Eagles. And speaking of quarterbacks
1: and injuries, a lot of people are going to be targeting quarterbacks late in these drafts. I know you are a bit, you're big on that strategy going into this season. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about what the strategy is getting a late rock quarterback because it's easy to say it. You go in with that mentality, we're going late quarterback, and then someone takes that first one, and then someone takes that second one. And then before you know it, those first two or three tiers of quarterbacks are gone. Yep. And then you start pressing, and you look at your roster, and you say, "I got two running backs. I got a few receivers, tight end. Check. It's time to take that quarterback." And you go up there, and you make a bad decision, get a, a middle range quarterback, which the drop off from a quarter, a QB uh, seven or eight, is not that bad from you know eight spots later. So sure. whatever the case is, we're going to get into clearing the mental hurdles of getting a late round quarterback, saying, telling yourself it's okay. Let me pour up another drink. And there's going to be quarterbacks. They'll be there because everyone else that drafted their quarterbacks, they have to the draft opposite. Yep. What are they going to do? Get three or four quarterbacks? No. no. No, they're not. Don't get me wrong. There's one guy out there yeah. saying, yeah, I do. And then you're <laughs> going to trade them week one and blah, blah, blah. No, we're saying in a real world what happens you, they get one, sometimes two that wild dude. But one quarterback, they got to fill out this, the 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 roster. So other than that, hey, let's uh let's talk we'll quarterbacks that, yeah. late. Will you listen to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5? show on Twitter at Moneyline 975.
0: You are listening to Moneyline on ESPN
1: 975 and on espn975.com.
0: Live from the ESPN 975 studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline 713 780 3776. At Moneyline 975 is where you can find us on Twitter. If you miss anything during the show, go back on Podcast Arena and catch everything from today's show all the bets, all
2: the funnies, and more bets will be coming on Sports Map on the Bookie Busters. No doubt about it. Also, my first mock my mocks up on Sports Map. We talked about that last week. If you guys want to go check it out, I did not get around to writing the second one this week. Sorry. I usually do that on Thursday night we had the listener party. So I, I was up here doing that. So I'll put that together. I'll probably put it out like Monday and I'll draft from like the number six spot and kind of give everybody an idea of what your team will look like if you're drafting in the middle of the round. But last segment, we talked about quarterbacks, right? So let's, I guess kind of get into that. And, and during the break, we were talking about Kyler Murray and the Arizona offense, man, they, not looking good in this second preseason game you you don't want to read too much into these things you know because it it is just the preseason they're not going to show what they really want to do you know they're just kind of you know just getting started trying some things but man that offensive line looks terrible i'm kind of worried about kyler murray a little bit now i think i might move him down a little bit but the man the main guy david johnson like i'm moving him down It, it worries me like i i think he could have a year where you remember Todd Gurley's second year when he, you know everybody expected him to come out and be incredible and he didn't even rush for a thousand yards just because that offense was garbage. That Fisher, yeah, and Fisher and the offensive line wasn't good. I'm kind of worried about David Johnson in that same way now. Like if I'm drafting, I'm moving Le'Veon Bell above David Johnson now. So with
1: preseason, you often hear me say don't put too much stock into it. But with yeah. a team like this, with a rookie quarterback that has a different set of traits, right? Yep. A different skill with a new coach that come who comes with a, a, a different type of offense, right? Yeah. A bunch of – a few young pieces around them. let's say. Uh, bad defense. This is not what you want to see. Now, we say the offensive line – Something that stuck out for me is the often the the false starts that are being called from Kyler Murray and the referees explained it as his hand clap. They're yeah. saying it's too subtle whenever he's clapping for it in the in the out of the shotgun and he's clapping and it's drawing people offside. So imagine this isn't something that's just arising now. If you're a lineman, if you're one of those offensive linemen, you've been practicing with them. Yeah. So in the back of your head, you're thinking. Man, it's just, this is a weird the way he does it. So your your you're jump off the line, you, you, you know your your method of engaging might be a let's call it a, quarter, a, a half a second off. Yeah. Even little anything other than that that gives the defense the, the the defensive lineman the upper hand, and that's what you saw on that little dump off to Johnson. You saw the the offensive line was lost, but yeah. it's almost like the play's blown up. By the time he claps, it's like that that hesitation. The line gets up and the defender's already beat him. So now the play's kind of blown up because they're trying to keep the defender out I saw that so many times in the play and I just said this is a train wreck yes he even took a safety on one that he could have thrown out it's it's like what is going on and it's going to take time and now they're saying that they're going to let him play a lot more during the rest of this
2: preseason from what I'm hearing that makes sense I mean they got to get him some experience and if you want to draft Kyler Murray if you're thinking about drafting for your fantasy team he's kind of you know, around 14, 15, 16, kind of in, in that area for quarterback rankings. And for me, he was the guy I was kind of targeting, right? Like, because you know he's going to run. Yeah. So I figured, like, you can get him kind of late you know, maybe they put up a lot of points in this offense, but now I'm getting a little little worried. Andy's not a big dude, so you wonder if the offensive line's as bad as we think it's going to be. He might get hurt. And then you brought up a good point about their defense. Like, th- I don't think their defense is going to be very good. We know Patrick Peterson's going to miss, what, the first half of the season because of the suspension. I think their number two corner the other night, like, like hurt his leg or yeah, something. I think he's out. So, you're, So that means their defense is, probably going to be pretty bad so they're going to be chasing points so so maybe that's a good thing they're chasing points he's going to have to throw a little more he's going to have to run a little more but the other thing you have to consider is when you're chasing points like that you got to take more chances which can lead to interceptions which you know can lead to killing your fantasy team
1: and when you talk about the running quarterback and and if you're looking for a late round target if you can get one that does run yeah it's a extra special bonus because qb1 through 12s Last year, or I'm sorry, in the last three years, 3.4 yard attempts per game. That's what they're attempting as far as rushes. At 13 through 24, they drop off to 2.8. So a half of rush attempt less. Yep. Five yards less, 16 yards for QB one through 12. If you get a QB outside of that, they're rushing for 11 yards a game. So it goes to show you that the QBs that are ones that are automatic starters. They got some kind of rushing ability or something. They had something. Yeah. Not to say all of them. Obviously, Tom Brady's not out there running. You sure. don't want to see that, but for the most part. Uh, we also know that once you miss that, that first tier of quarterbacks, or let's call it that tier because that one tier is usually now people have just Mahomes sitting by himself, and Correct. then you have that second tier where it's more grouped up. Once you miss, say, that one or two tier and it comes to middle rounds, you have to know that. Running backs, they missed about seventeen percent of games. Wide receivers twelve percent and tight ends eleven percent. Quarterbacks they on, on average they only missed about six point nine percent of games. So using that thought, it's good to get depth. Yeah. And that's when you get it in those middle rounds, getting good players while everyone else is taking a chance on a quarterback because they say, hey, I I might as well take them now. The first round's already got my running backs, receivers. Let me take this quarterback now while
2: you're getting a possible league winner in the middle rounds. Right. And Kyler Murray's going in the basically the eighth round is about where his average draft position is this year. You know, I'd rather take a shot on a receiver or a running back in that area. There aren't a ton of ones I really like, but that's where, that's your dart throw, right? You know, you just take a shot on a receiver or running back in that range. And then, you know, you hope that that guy comes like, like Duke Johnson's going in the ninth round, you know, that that could be a guy where you take a shot on him. Uh, Royce Freeman there. I I don't love him, but if he ends up being the guy in Denver, he could help your team. Like for me, like Kyler Murray's going in front of Cam Newton, like, Give me Cam Newton all day. The hype is yeah. getting crazy for yeah. him. And also, if you look at
1: the sweet spot, where to target late-round quarterbacks that end up being top 12 over the years, round 9 and 10 have 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 been those spots. In round 9, 75% of the quarterbacks that get drafted there ended up being a, a, a QB1, a top 12. While if you look at, let's say, running backs, in that ninth round, 27% of the ones that get drafted in the ninth round end up being a, Q, uh, a RB1 wow. uh, top 24 because there's two positions, right? There's two spots for running backs, so you take the top 24 in the 12-man league. Yeah. Only 27% of them end up being a, a, a liable starter, an, an every-week starter. While if you go even 10th round for quarterbacks, 80% of them hit. And if you look at running backs, to be a a running back one, 36% have only hit. So the chances that you're taking there in the ninth and 10th with quarterbacks, they're liable to be a QB one rather than a running back where it drops significantly.
2: And and that that tells you everything you need to know right there. Because... Like, you can get Russell Wilson in the ninth round. You can get... That's insane. Yeah, You can get Jameis Winston in the 10th. You can get Phillip Rivers in the 11th. You can get Roethlisberger in the 11th. You know, you know The highest-throwing team. Yes. They throw the ball all over the place. And I think Juju's going to have a big year, by the way. But I'm going to wait. And I did this last year. I waited till like, the ninth or 10th round and got Matt Ryan, and he finished top five. So I, I'm not going early. Even, like... Like Tom Brady, you can get in round 11. And now that he has Josh Gordon, I like Tom a lot more now. So I'm, I'm waiting on but There's like 20 quarterbacks I'm comfortable with. So I'm just going to wait and wait and wait, just keep loading up at running back and receiver, and you know we'll see how it plays out. But I feel like every year I find a quarterback that, that finishes as a number one quarter, uh, quarterback, and I, I get him really late. Like I got Carson Wentz a few years ago when he had that MVP run, and I think I picked him up off of waivers. So – I am not going to have Patrick Mahomes on one single team. I'm and just not going to. And do it. it's easier
1: said than done. Again, you go in there with your with your strategy, and then when somebody takes him off, you start taking off. Don't yep. do that. Don't take off on us. We got plenty more to go. We're halfway there. You're listening online to the ESPN nine seven five.
0: To the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net.